Contact has been made. Contact Contact has has been made. made. Welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Jeremy. And you've made contact with Colin. The Invisible Enemy is tonight's episode slash story. And we kind of made it through it most of the episodes. At least most of us. I I was there for all of them-ish. <laughs> physically, you I, were I there. I was there physically. He entered his imagination. Yes. <laughs> I was making certain that the virus did not take over my mind. And maybe like a shrimp escaped from your eyes, and that's why. <laughs> I think contact was made, and he was just passed out on the table. At any rate. Uh, All right, K9. Like... We get K9 introduced in this episode. Yes. I yes. think that's the best thing about this story, is that K9 is. I, I mean, I although mean, we, I also we love. love K9. Le- Leela was also awesome in this story, and I especially loved her interactions with K9. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. She, she definitely. Well, she also had some really good interactions with the doctor and i loved her kind of compassion for um lo at the very beginning of the story because she kind of was by his side until lo got taken over and is I'm, that was, the guy who compassion or yeah. was it like utility to the situation yeah lo was the one that went out in a spacesuit and what we thought was actually going to survive but ended up being taken over at yeah. the very end of episode one with he the hit the mayday alarm button He's played by Michael Sheard, by the way, who's also uh, been in multiple Sheard. other Doctor Who episodes or stories, including Remembrance of the Daleks. Did he get killed by a certain Jedi? Uh, well, the Darth Vader for, one, for yes. Wasn't he like a genocidal dictator in, you know, another film? Uh, he was Hitler in Indiana Jones, yes. He's, a, he's had a very, very long career. He had a very long career. Oh, no. He's no longer with us. Rest in peace. Did the virus get him? Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> At any rate, um, he's probably the most famous one, um, other than Professor Marius, who is the other really well-known actor from this particular story, and actually probably one of the better characters, because he actually makes it to the, to yeah, the end. Right after K-9, Dr. Marius is, is like my boy in this episode. Like he's, my, he's my next favorite you know, introduced character. Let's just get, also remember, also just a really good goatee. Like, yeah. <laughs> The first and, time we actually have a decent guy. And it actually matches, goatee, you know, eyebrow feather, yeah. you know, and, you know. <laughs> you, know what? You, listen, you know, if that had been a fungus, like if it had been a fungal infection instead of like a virus, then all of the visuals with the scales and the furriness or whatever really would have worked. It would have been like, okay, I mean, funguses kind of look sort of artificial. I mean, that would have really flown, but I mean, what who, was it who, supposed who to be? viruses from other solar systems What was the virus like? name again? I can't remember. Was it the given? nucleus? Oh, it was maybe the it's Maybe it's nucleus. <laughs> That's why I was thinking. 
It's character. called the nucleus of the swarm. The swarm. The swarm. What a fantastic concept. Like, I, I love this, you know, potential here. I love that the doctor is gripped in the very first segment early on. Mm. He is, you know, taking care of the nucleus, and it's debilitating to him. Yeah. And it's fighting through, you know, the intellectual mechanism. You know, Leela has some sort of immunity from that. That's something to explore. You know, as, as a psychology major, I have a lot of problems with the mind-brain interface. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting that to, uh, to the side for a moment, I love this story of, like, how quickly this can spread and gain power. Merely looking at um, someone can mm-hmm. spread it to another person, spread it to two more. You know, bring someone in around the corner, they're infected. Um, it seems just like a, a, a wild kind of a massive power, and I feel like those journeys are always intriguing, very strong conceptually. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the revolutionary idea of shrinking down and going into someone's body, which we've seen played out many times, but this so was many. the first was, one, was right? this actually the first? I think it was. As far as I understand, this is one of the very first stories in history that actually has people going inside, especially themselves. I mean, if nothing else, like, that has to give this episode major props in, like, a big dimension, if true. Like, I I feel like I'm just surprised that this comes in the late 70s for how prolific and, and what a widespread influence and how... It doesn't seem credited to Doctor. They do repeat this in the Peter Capaldi era for Into the Doctor. Are they just kind of flushed in with a with you a mean, tide pool like through us? You mean Into the Dalek? Or Into the Dalek, rather, yes. Oh, yeah, and I think they actually reference this episode in it, too. Like, it's right. saying it's a... But actually, speaking of, you know, evolving technologies and people, like, it kind of makes sense that Leela had an antibody because these are her ancestors, and if they all got an antibody that... Then gets passed down. Yeah, I don't know. Then. To me, Leela has a body. I don't know how. <laughs> she definitely has a body. <laughs> Those thighs are long. Any rate, um, <clears throat> why back not long? Thigh, if thighs were long, that'd be an issue. <laughs> well, it is the longest bone in your body. Your femur. thighs? Yeah, your femur. That sounds plausible. Yeah. What about your? Nope, your thighs the longest bone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But at any rate... Also, I think, you know, you see models consistently are taller. I'm, I'm not sure if that might be the case in, in person. It might feel a little bit more intimidating, but maybe proportionally there's something. Well, Louise Jameson was yeah. one of the taller yeah. companions because, uh, I mean, if you look at all the companions that surround her, including Sarah Jane, Joe Grant, and And she's never and wearing Tegan, heels, unlike a lot of the others. Yeah, she's actually much taller than Yeah, I are. mean, she's really, you know, uh, function over form. Yeah, and she she makes sure she has, she has her knife. She can do you know uh, you know no clothes are gonna restrict her in yeah. this matter. You know, <laughs> get caught up in flowy things or well, she's also believable. I mean, she she's just believable in in her acting and I mean her physical prowess. She just she's very good. She Even is. in this story, in, in she some, in some ways she's a bit of a stereotype of like how we might think of as more ancient times of being primitive, but. Yeah. But I think that does, you know, clearly define her character and makes it consistent. But she's, you know, we know who Leela is. But she's also consistent in that she's always learning and, and gaining. Should we see her in this story writing cursive for the first time? And that's something that's kind of cool, seeing that the doctor's actually teaching her some basics that we would take for granted nowadays. And Well, course- also, she came from a society where they feared and, you know, fought against all technology. And here we see her just fall in love with a robotic dog and just become very dependent and, you know, pull mm-hmm. him into their lives. Like... 
you know, that, that's just great platonic evolution love. there. Yeah, platonic love, obviously. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was necessary to say. I, I, well, I, I don't know. When you have that sleek, shiny metal surface and those... <laughs> Colin, what the heck? Dirt, what? What? <laughs> How would you do drink tonight? <laughs> uh, just the right amount to make this episode just a little bit more magical. I thought Layla was great in this because also we see her, you know, we see all these different people like the low, the guy that she like rescues from freezing or whatever. He's sitting there going, oh man, you know, I thought I knew these people. And then like he goes over to the guy who's clearly infected and is just like, tell me your purpose because he just can't get over it. And then like Leela immediately in this situation is like, oh, the doctor's clearly being infected. Knife is coming out. <laughs> yeah. yeah Leela, like, I feel like she was very, uh, very straightforward, very consistent in this episode of being the actual character we want Leela to be, mm-hmm. you know, and I think she's very assertive, um, as well, which works out magically. But also I think part of like why, you know, it seems like just such like, wow, Leela really shined here mm-hmm. is that, I think in a lot of other areas, the acting was not up to snuff. Well, you've got Saffron, Silvery, Meeker, uh, Creekshanks, all these people that nobody really cares about. It's just kind of, they're they're there. They're in the swarm, you know. And the doctor's sleeping most of this thing. I mean, I'm not saying that's an issue. People are allowed to sleep during episodes. I think that one of the greatest and probably most missed parts of this story was all of the signage in it. It was all written out phonetically, but like in really fancy font to make it look all sci-fi. And it was like, you know, emergency exit was spelled like I am J. And exit was E G G S. I-T-E-I-T. I, I imagine that was one of those things where they're thinking, in the future, we're going to get rid of these words that don't... Yeah, we're just going to spell things phonetically. Like, I mean, it kind of worked, and I thought it was a really kind of a cool attention to detail type of thing that we don't normally see. Well, if you think about it, certain letters of the alphabet we probably don't need. Like, uh, K and S take... We don't need a C, because C takes on both yeah, K and S. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, even, like, there's a lot of other, you know, languages that use Enyas or other, you know, uh, dots and, and various, you know, uh Less branches. so with texting. But, but, yeah, but, like, like even in, in other places, like they've refined language just because of like texting and how it works and how cumbersome it is to have extra characters. They found a lot of creative ways to say, like, oh, well, we don't really need this. Mm-hmm. Plus, you just, if you wanted to, you just keep a CH sort of system for certain words and right. an SH is merge those things around. Or just have it all SH and forget the CH sound. Why you don't like cheese? He doesn't like cheese. She's. 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 She's She's crust. She's Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, Any negatives that you guys can think of for this? The science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Especially the mind-brain interface, the explanation, it was a little painful. The the shrinking down. Also, the cloning and the context of what we know is possible as cloning. Oh, yeah. And that's like, oh, we can transfer their whole experience, but it only lasts for 10 minutes because, I don't know, something psychological. It's too volatile. (laughs) (laughs) I think it it breaks down. I mean... That was something that was carried over in like either future episodes or not not future episodes from other series that did this sort of thing where there was always a time limit to how long you could be small. Yeah. Well, it's more like how long you could be cloned. But also, I think the other problem was 
that the peop- if something you is experienced um, by your actual body, your clone feels it too. Oh that yeah, was, that like, was so How the hell does that get connected? And also just the, oh, this virus is really special because it sits in the mind-brain interface. Now we must leap across the hemispheres of the brain. <laughs> I'll have to say some of the performances as we oh, kind goodness. of did get to before were a little bit like mm. yeah, this was saying hokey. But yeah, going back to the the brain interface and the leap, you know, that's a very physical place in the brain that the mm-hmm. doctor seemed to know exactly where to go. And the other doctor from thousands of years into our future is just like, oh, it's a mystery that this could even be a thing. But it's like clearly just like, oh, there's this one spot in the brain. <laughs> it's like it's very clear and it looks very different from the rest of the brain. And this is how it interfaces. One thing I will say that was good was the model work. The spaceship, mm-hmm. the spaceship landing on the planet in the first episode. That was very well realized. And I, I love how um, they kind of filmed it on film and slowed it down really well because that actually gives the more grandiose kind of feel it makes size look a lot bigger than it really was I liked the uh, like the space suits mm-hmm. especially the beginning with the helmets yes. like I just thought that that was They're okay I thought they were really well done like they looked like they had a very practical setup for the helmets and you know mm-hmm. a very you know they could move around easily for you know Obvious acting reasons, but yeah, like, I I don't know, I thought it was done well, and I think, like, a lot of, you know, spacey things from this time period didn't capture it as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, this was very space, for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, well, I guess we should rate this episode story. I'll I'll come in with a rating, you know, and I'll I'll just go through here. This was... This was a fun romp, I would say. I mean, my main boy, K-9, is coming onto the scene, so mm-hmm. you can't call it a bad episode right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I think we're on point here. I think this is a, a well-written story for Leela. Um, I think she acted as I would hope she would and had the room to mm-hmm. go and grow, and I think that's partly because we put the doctor in the corner. Mm-hmm. I think there might be some opportunities if he wasn't in the corner mm-hmm. the whole time um, that may be a little bit more interesting, but at the same time, I think it's a great way for a new interesting enemy to come onto the scene and subdue the doctor very quickly um, and have it be a constant fight to, you know, really claw your way back um, from that as well. Um, And we get, you know, a a cloning story that I didn't expect with shrinking down and going inside a body. Like, I I didn't see that coming, for sure. Um, But also, I feel like in a lot of ways, like, if you describe this episode to me, I would have thought it would be a lot more epic than it ended up being. Um... (laughs) <laughs> it seems like it was very conceptually strong, um, and there were some execution flops, I think, in, like, just the straight plot and script writing and, you know, a lot of the acting that was going on um, that we saw for the most part. Mm. So, um, but all in all, I enjoyed this. Um, it got more attention for me though, from a lot of things in this era, for whichever reason. Um, I think it's earned, in my eyes, an 8.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Wow. Alright. As for myself, um, I mean, I agree for the most things. I would say, and on the other hand, now mind you, the first episode we got to see in its original glory, and the rest of them we got to see in, in new technical masterpiece skill. Special features. Special features, and, and basically the laser look more laser like. Now, I would say overall, the effects and techniques were really good, especially in the first episode. Like, just, just the practical 
everything else. I mean, the asteroids, okay, they were spinning on little strings, and that was adorable. But <laughs> beyond that, I really enjoyed, again, the setting, the layout, like, for space, this was actually a pretty good set. Um, the story for me was pretty good. It wasn't really a snooze fest, although some people might think it was. <clears throat> Someone was nodding off at the points of this episode. There's a comfy chair in oh. this house. And it was not we, Shelby. I won't name names or point fingers. It was Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even here to defend himself, thank you. No, uh, he is. Anyway, move on. <laughs> so, um, beyond that, I think what I like about this episode more than anything else is it gave Leela a chance to really star. Like, of anything else, like, this was her episode in essence because the doctor was asleep. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, you're allowed to sleep whenever you want to in the show. That's fine. And the doctor did that. So Leela was, I think, taking a lot more control of the episode and doing a lot more action than she normally would. More usually she's sitting there with the doctor waiting around. This time she was actively like making choices, doing things, working with K9. Hey, we gotta destroy this, we gotta create a blockade. Like it was kind of cool to see her that actively engaged in the episode. Um and I enjoyed I enjoyed the a lot I mean I felt the characters were quirky, but yes, a lot of them were just side characters, but they're also were fungus people at that point. So that worked out to me. So for me, I but I will agree. I think there is some room for improvement, definitely, and I would give it just a solid eight. It would have been eight point five, but naps happen. I was going for an eight until I heard myself talking, and I just started talking myself into an eight point five because I, I think a lot of that's riding on just pure enjoyment mm-hmm. and like you brought canine onto the scene. Yes. You might be pioneering into like a miniaturized body adventure as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, I love this story. This is definitely, you know, a high up in the classic stories, except for, you know, the science really, uh, it, it was pretty, pretty brutally dragged through the mud. on this fiction, Shelby. Yeah, a little, little more fiction than science in this one. Um, that said, as we've touched on revolutionary concepts, like the shrinking down and going into the body thing, like that was so good, it was copied many times. <laughs> you know, we, we've got K-9, who's just fantastic character. Leela really shown. And, you know, it, and also it was kind of fun that, you know, at the end, all of the doctor's machinations didn't really amount to much. It really came down to just blowing it up. And, <laughs> you know, it... The the giant uh, shrimp virus thing was a little weird, and it was weird how it had, like, a big black cloak inside, and then it didn't have one when it came out. Um, so, you know, there were there were just some aspects of this that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, also, why were there, like, suddenly so many eggs mm-hmm. filling that area, and why wouldn't, you know, this asteroid be just as good as Titan for it? And also, why did they carve a, a hospital into an asteroid instead of just building a new structure in space, you'd think that'd be a lot easier than drilling. But, you know, aside from that stuff, it was a very enjoyable story, and it is definitely one I like to go back to. Uh, I am going to give this one an 8 out of 10 as well. 
uh, would get higher, except for, you know, the science was pretty blah. But it didn't get lower because also I think at the time that this was written, like, the brain really was just kind of like a big old blob of mystery and people were like anything could happen so you gotta forgive them a little bit for that (laughs) well then you all have rated this far higher than I was uh, expecting Um, I said the tune I I said trends I suppose Um, I'm gonna break the trend however because (gasps) I find this story to be very average very eh it wasn't exactly... But K-9 is the best boy. Yeah. You don't love K-9, do you? Oh, I love K-9. Matter of fact, that's Not probably enough. the number one reason why this gets a little bit of a boost for me. But as far as stories go, especially compared to most fourth Doctor stories, this is kind of bland. It actually... Um, it, there is a little bit of action-adventure to it. And it was, I think, a very epic kind of thought-out plot-wise story that was very difficult to realize with the given technology at the time. And the original special effects are very um, haphazard. There are some special effects, like the scene where uh, the ship's going right over the planet that's almost similar to Star Wars, whereas there's other special effects that are just like, oh my god, help. Um, <laughs> like I, a syringe? <laughs> yeah, anything. Um, yes, uh, some of the um, <clears throat> cloud effects, too. Um, or lightning effects uh, were a little bit oddball. But I just say, as far as plot goes, there's there's a lot of running around in corridors. There's a lot of canine shooting down people and shooting them down twice or three times or even four times just to get them to fall down. Um, so I think there's a little bit more filler than was probably necessary in that regard. Um, I do like the idea that there's two different settings. I like the um, and that especially with the hospital kind of in between the two the the main main setting at the beginning and end, um, and again it's one of those stories where the uh, solution is to just blow up, <laughs> blow it all up, and um, that's of course kind of an easy out. I would have liked to have seen more uh, more of a everybody lives kind of scenario in this regard because we had so many characters that were just literally killed off. Um, and not and didn't get a chance to be resurrected or brought back to their original selves. Um, fortunately, the professor did make it out. Um, I'm going to give this a five point eight. Whoa! Out of ten. Five point eight. Wait, wow. I thought point eight. Whenever I try to do something at a number, you say it's only at a. I have he nev- was peer pressured by us from a 5.5. No, I've never ever said that. I don't know where you're getting that. I've I've been one that has always done strange numbers here and there. I just don't put anything beyond the 0.8. I've been waiting for like one that gets right in the pi range, and then I'm just going to use pi. That that's fine. You can do that at some point, but I no, just I'm one other thing I do want to say about this episode though that I forgot to mention before is like so they establish at one point in time that those guns they're all shooting just shoots out a beam of radiation, and then he blows up the spaceship by sh- setting off the gun in a room full of oxygen, and what? Yeah. Yeah. That, I said there were well, some plot holes in this. Degrade like some other power source from something that could make a a fuel, you know, between. I, I'm trying to really steel man this, but you know, if you have a pilot light sitting behind something, maybe you could degrade uh, the barrier between, you know, the flame and the oxygen. Kaboom. These what are, flame? <laughs> 
I mean, I'm being generous. There's a lot of weird alien energy technology, I'm sure, that's embedded into this. Really? I think this is why I'm not being generous on this story, is that it it does fall towards the weaker stories of of Doctor Who, including the Tom well, Baker. Well, I think you really need to lean into science fiction just the way that, you know, I think K-9 and Leela's interaction was. When Leela asks, <laughs> can you explain this more simply? And K-9 <laughs> just says, negative. <laughs> you kind of have to take some, I, I think, leaps of faith, and honestly, I do it a lot in Doctor Who. I feel well, like you, we have to be used to it. It's kind of like... I just kind of have to throw that out a lot of the time. Before I do it too. I agree, um, and I, I I will stand by. But this was doing this that. was a little bit more palatable, even you know, with a major psychology fumble. I know. know I'm surprised you rated it as high as you did with that psychology stuff. I there. found it enjoyable for whichever reason. K nine. Yeah, I was I was glued in. I was more in tune. It's all about K nine. Really, that's where the well, K nine and Leela are like two of the best no, companions I, I of all time. I, I think. You know, while while this is a shrimpy, weird blob with another arm, and you know the acting of the swarm wasn't great, I do think on paper the idea of this enemy is really intriguing, really powerful. I mean, they almost took over time and space. Like they were pretty close. So I need to go back to the fact that I know I know we're done already rating, but why was he wearing a cloak and only one hand out? When he was in the brain, I didn't think it was a cloak. I thought he I thought was. was I thought he was kind of a, a black skullish shape kind Me of too. blob. But then just one out. Out. when he came yeah, out, he he well, was not well, that. We're talking about going from the micro to the macro. I'm sure when you add on a bajillion cells, there are some emergent properties there. <laughs> That's fair. Wow, you got me on okay, that one. By the way, uh, the actor John Scott Martin, who's in the costume of that nucleus, at the bigger one, he actually uh, was a Dalek for many years and is one of the few actors that have been in almost uh, every era of Doctor Who. That makes the sense because there was there was one time I forget exactly where, but like where the nucleus was talking and it sounded very Dalek. Can I ask a question? Well, it was a walk around and see the sunlight with his own face, Uh, or he's been always stuck in those outfits. Uh, John Scott Martin was Martin was very small, so he was stuck in a lot of smaller outfits. Um, but he's credited it. He's been in a, more Doctor Who stories, I think, than some of the main actors have been. Hey, so, hey. Uh, he's he's definitely got a long repertoire of inside somethings. Uh, now, here's another interesting, cool fact: is that um, kind of like John uh, Scott Martin, um, John, uh, John Levine, who played Sergeant Benton. He was in a lot of monster outfits throughout the second and third and fourth Doctor eras that you don't see him, but because John Levine was so tall, they always had him come back. So he was Cybermen, he was Ice Warriors, and all sorts of things. Oh, so, cool. so yeah, he he's uh, pretty well known for being mon- Monster of the Week. So if you're exceptionally tall or short... <laughs> you could be a Monster of the Week. Well, what do you think about Nabil Shaban? He was uh, Sil. He had to be short. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, he didn't really have to be because also, like, half of his body was a puppet, so he could have been hiding under the table or whatever, too. Yeah, but it was probably better that he could be picked up and Oh, carried. for sure, but I'm just saying, they could have done it. Yeah, I suppose any rate, well, I think you've heard enough from us tonight. This was a very interesting review for a story that uh, 
Uh, well, we most of us liked. <laughs> yeah, Michael and Colin really surprised me. You can put this on, episode on right before you go to bed, and you will sleep well. Especially if you're in an exceptionally comfortable chair. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Get some sleep. It's important for you. Get out of here. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.